What is it like to pivot and start all over again with a harder startup? And how do you find a great idea for your product? We talked with Notal Portansky, CEO and founder of Sorting Robotics that work in the cannabis industry about these issues exactly. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Design to Product podcast, where we talk about getting a hardware product from initial designs to manufacturing. I'm Adar, your host, and our guest today is Notal Partansky. Notal is the founder and CEO of Soaring Robotics. We use computer vision and robotics to add efficiency to the cannabis wholesale market. Hello, Notal. Hey, Adar. How's it going? I'm good. Did I describe it uh, correctly? Yeah, Sorting Robotics is basically building robots for cannabis manufacturers, and the robotics are obviously being much more efficient than the hand processes that people normally use today. What kind of hand processes do people use today in the cannabis industry? Yeah, so there's a huge range of processes that are done by hand. Our company specifically focuses on the pre-roll or joints sector, and then also the vape cartridges. So one of our first products is a machine that infuses cannabis joints with concentrate material. And normally that'll be done by hand, either by painting the sides of a joint, then kind of like rolling it instead of keef, or they'll kind of hand mix it together with some powder, with THCA powder. And that's those are very labor intensive or not very accurate or reliable. So we introduce like some automation to be both more accurate and considerably less labor intensive. Sounds interesting. And how did you choose this specific process to be automated? Like what made you from the range of things that people do manually choose exactly that? Yeah, I mean, it came from a a few things. But the main reason was, on at least on the joint infusion side, we helped build a a co-packing company in California. So a company in Oakland, California that was working with a lot of Bay Area brands to do their post-processing and manufacturing. And so in that process, we got very intimate with understanding the actual operational side of the cannabis industry. And at one point in time, there was a customer that asked the co-packing company, hey, can you come and do infusion? And they wanted to do it with like the painting on the side and the rolling in keef. That was very like labor intensive and very dirty and high spillage rate. And it was such a mess that I kind of took that lesson and went back to sorting robotics and said, hey, like this is this is a huge glaring problem. Let's solve this one because although it's not a big you know, issue now, at least in the overall TAM of the cannabis market, as the market grows, this issue will also grow. And then there's a very high chance that that TAM within the cannabis market will also expand just given the unique nature of the product line. And both of those have been proven very true. So, Very interesting. So starting from a customer feedback and also understanding that the market is going to grow and you're going to grow with it when you solve that problem you're going to be first to the market Mm -hmm. yeah and even now we're currently the only robotics company or just any company at all that has an automated solution for infusion and this weird thing happened which might be useful for like those that are listening and are, are deciding what to build because there's already some automation companies in the space but then none of them actually tackled this specific problem. 
because it wasn't really a problem when we did it. And then when we finally came to market, it became uh, it became very apparent. And then now it's been a little over a year since we were selling these devices. And then now it's like very clear, like this is a problem and we have a solution. So even though there are other automation companies in the space, none of them tackled it. But it gives us this very unique positioning where like we're kind of the only sophisticated operator that solve this problem so the other sophisticated operators are actually looking to us to mm. actually partner with us and either they'll want to develop their own competing technology or they could do it faster and cheaper by just you know using us instead so it's kind of a unique position and like now there's some opportunities that i don't think we would have had if we did a different approach yeah it's very interesting but it sounds like um a pretty big risk to take when you don't have all the answers yet what what made you get that conviction to keep going in that direction because usually you don't know maybe it will not become a problem anytime in the future yeah i mean the time that we built that product or made that decision we had already pivoted like twice <laughs> and so uh it was very much like a this is our final fantasy sort of moment where hitting some of the other problems that were a lot more obvious we're actually also risky, right? Because if it's very obvious, but then there's a whole bunch of competition, you could think you build the best thing, but it doesn't really matter if you even build the best thing if there's so much competition. Differentiating yourself is so difficult. Breaking through the market is so difficult. So I have a very strong belief that it's much better to monopolize or own and be a leader in a small market within a larger market than it is to be one of a competitor's in like a much bigger market just because you're just competing and competing sucks yeah it's like you you know you need to spearhead your way into the market and then expand you have to be very very focused and i think what you said here is very interesting hitting the obvious problems is risky it's almost like taking no risks is riskier than than taking that that risk you mentioned pivoting so i want to talk a little bit about that maybe your your overall story you started with magic cards is that right How yeah yeah get into the cannabis industry that's very interesting to understand that path was a journey so we actually started with a device called the rocus order that we developed back in 2018 which was the first product of the company and it's actually the product that we developed and sold and kind of very quickly found product market fit and that product market fit and that development cycle is what allowed us to get into Y Combinator in the first place because they kind of saw that like that that small product, even though it was to a very small marketplace, it showed that we could build product, we could talk to customers, we could deliver, and we could find product market fit in a very short time frame in a very concise manner. And then once we were in Y Combinator, we wanted to find a bigger market because the market for sorting children's trading card games is not super large, as you might assume. And so then we spent about four months when we were in YC looking for a different market. And that basically meant I called probably like 50 different Y Combinator founders. Uh, I, like Actually, those are the ones that talked to me. I probably called a few more. And then they were like, yeah, I don't. Want to talk to you random person but uh i i basically just did customer development for about four months and and after those four months we kind of like found that you know it looks like the cannabis industry is like this like blue ocean because it lives in this really weird gray area you're never gonna have or not never like at the time which is around 2019 you're not gonna have like huge conglomerates 
that could very much well service the market actually move mm-hmm. in. And because they're not moving into the market, there's a huge gap because it's a growing industry that is needing to have sufficiently buffered margins because eventually those margins become compressed mm-hmm. uh, just due to overall like supply and competition. But they don't have the automation to scale very well. And so that's where you know startups live in the gray right yeah so if startups live in the gray area like going to the gray area of cannabis was a very easy sort of transition and so then that's kind of how we settled on cannabis and then how we settled on this type of product it was like a few more steps in between so Mm -hmm. yeah but that's how we settled on the industry did you use your existing technology for sorting cards in the cannabis industry did you use something from before you made the pivot or it was like clean slate let's start over again yeah nothing yeah it was kind of unfortunate honestly like it would have been great if we could have yeah redone that yeah but there's a lesson here i think well i I think there's a lesson here because sometimes you you have to clean everything it's hard you know it's hard to detach completely you convince yourself that you have something that you can use but sometimes it's great if you can just start all over again you have to have a lot of i guess guts to do that yeah well i mean you can also be wrong too right so um you kind of mentioned like choosing that idea like the infusion machine we did something in 2019 which was like a biomass sortation system which in theory made a ton of sense and then we actually made some money off of it but we found out that it just like couldn't scale Mm-hmm. And not for any reasons of the technology, but the marketplace, there are too many variables to scale that that business process. So that was highly unfortunate. And like that was one that you know we got wrong. And then we you know kind of worked on this co-packing company and and helped build that to like really, really learn about the industry and then kind of go back to our roots where like we'll know the customer by being the customer. So we kind of like became a cannabis manufacturing um like person by like helping this co-packing company like learning all this knowledge Mm -hmm. and then after that way more educated to actually build build to that industry and so that's kind of what de-risked it a little bit more because the first time it was i mean i think we were way more confident about the biomass rotation system than we were even about the infusion machine because Mm -hmm. like from an outside perspective that one made a lot more sense because it was mirrored in a bunch more industries but it's there's all these weird caveats that come with cannabis and so then when we made the infusion system from the outside perspective it didn't make any sense but then like for us it was like well i mean like this seems like a better idea than the other one so (laughs) and and so that's kind of like that was like our third pivot i guess yeah that's a nice thing about startups where you can take bigger risks because sometimes you're just stuck in in a corner and then you can sometimes come up with the greatest ideas let's maybe talk about the the challenges you seem to have highly costume products and low volume high mix usually that way in the robotics industry what are some of the challenges in building a high quality supply chain around that yeah i mean like I would say in general, if you asked that question like two years ago, there probably wouldn't have been too much stress around it. But given the like global economic environment or really the global political environment, now there's like a lot of stress because like supply chains are being stressed through the like final whiplash of COVID that we finally are seeing and it's like becoming very apparent. And then also 
like the like social unrest that is in Ukraine. And then I think did I just see that like the U.S. embassy in Baghdad got bombed today or something like that? Was that today? I I didn't see that. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I saw like a YouTube like short clip of like the embassy getting bombed. And I was like, what is that? And I didn't really look into it. But like whatever. But then there's you got China like making weird moves to Taiwan and and so you know it's kind of a little stressful because you're just like oh shit like if China decides they just want to support Russia and collapse Ukraine or like if they decide that they're going to pull a Russia on Taiwan so what like what does that do because both China and Taiwan are suppliers right so it kind of drives drives you to start really diversifying and then thinking that like you know how like how many of these am i gonna get right how many of these chips or how many of these needles or how many of these parts am i gonna get like am i gonna have to assume that it collapses i mean start thinking about like random things that don't really like occur to like a normal person right yeah it's interesting and and i think that since you're one of our customers it uh you and you specifically are focused on on automating manual tasks yourself in your company i'm I'm very interested to hear how you think about it like why what made you do that shift to working with us well i mean we had talked like in your kind of very beginning stages right when yeah. i think you guys were still in yc right when we first had a conversation you were still in the in the batch and so it was cool just to see what you guys were doing initially and then when you reached back out after a few, I think it was maybe a year, right? From when we talked. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and your tool became very, like, a lot more robust. And it was very similar to the tool that we were kind of using in-house to manage our supply chain and manage our ordering. And so we, like, took it for a test run. And then really it was one of my engineers who was like, oh, this is, like, what we do in-house, but it's just a lot easier. And, like, it saves me time. And I can, like, send out quotes directly from the system and I don't have to make like several spreadsheets for every ordering. I can like kind of make it in this internal tool and then like the blocking out of the purchases is controlled inside of here as opposed to like several different settings of spreadsheets. It's like, okay, that sounds cool. And like, I mean, it was a math equation too, right? Like we were like, is it going to save us the money of my engineer over this time? And if it is, then it makes sense, right? It's a pretty easy sell once yeah. the ROI is there. So then that's, that's, that was, it was a very straightforward, like, it was so uh, you know, transferable between our internal tool. Sounds interesting. I think that not every company thinks that way in a very cold way to how do you save time? And I think maybe because you deal with automating a lot of manual tasks yourself, then thinking that way becomes very, very clear. Like, you know, the ROI very easily. I'm interested also to hear about the regulatory uh, aspects. Do you face any challenges with that? There's a big issue, obviously, around this in the cannabis industry. Yeah, I mean, we're not a plant touching company. We don't do, we don't handle the cannabis plant. We don't do anything even near it. Even on like the unregulated CBD side, we don't really like mess with that. Uh, we just, we're like a Toyota, right? We sell robots to people and they do with it what they will. Mm-hmm. We don't really, we don't do like revenue share. So when it comes to regulations of our products, we're not really so concerned about the cannabis regulations. Uh, when we were kind of helping out the co-packing company in Oakland, 
the like we got a lot of experience in the regulatory environment from like a cannabis operator perspective and in california it's it's pretty strict it's it's pretty all over the place and especially with the operators in the space a lot of them are first-time business owners and you're asking like first-time business owners to basically run like a medical device company right with like that much regulation yeah and then you're asking them to run it with that much regulation and with extreme amount of taxes that is like a recipe for disaster and california is in its i don't know second wave of companies collapsing because of boom bust cycles that are just like some new money coming in or um like prices fluctuating so deeply and allowing for like liquidity to expand and contract and and it's a, it's kind of a mess the regulatory environment with the legality and like the implications on taxes it's it's pretty stressful and a lot of the new markets in the different states also go through these like like cyclical boom bust cycles as they're becoming online and and only now like places like Colorado and Oregon are kind of stable but like they're 8 years in you know yeah and I think it's it impacts you a lot. The even though you're not dealing with the plants themselves, like uh, any regular regulatory change is going to affect your customers and also affect your products eventually. But it seems like it's going in the positive direction for you. Is that right for the company for sorting robotics? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sorting robotics, the things are going well. The things are going great. Yeah. I mean, like we see that a lot of our growth doesn't come from mature markets. A lot of our growth actually comes from the nascent markets. Yeah. And then it kind of whips around to the mature markets because the mature markets, they kind of already have their thing and they'll only adopt new technologies, even if it has like massive cost savings or massive efficiency gains. They just like are so scared of like changing what works mm. because it's like one misstep you know is a hundred thousand dollars and yeah but the new markets usually they have a lot more capital to kind of experiment with mm -hmm. and then they don't know what to do and so they want to start it out the best they can so they'll usually adopt new technology to start off the right way and so that's kind of what we're noticing here and so because there's new markets turning on all the time and we have you know only been selling our first product for a year and our second product for a few months there's still a lot of a lot of header for us to go yeah and you're almost growing with the market is that right like when you're growing with the early adopters that are building their businesses with you that's probably the best way to to get going and then get the the more mature players in yeah i mean what we found is getting a market leader in a nascent market or in a new market is exceptional because then very quickly the lower like ranked market participants will just copy them mm -hmm. and then we're basically an arms dealer at that point like the big guy has the new gun so everyone wants the new yeah. gun and so we're like yeah i'll sell it to you yeah exactly natal it was fascinating thank you so much for being with us today yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me on. And you listen to Design to Product. Thank you for being with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favorite podcasting channel and give us a nice rating. We are Design to Product by Giga. Bye.